how can you be a successful solopreneur in the health sector? Welcome to The Entrepreneur's Doctor, where together with my guests, we help you, the entrepreneur, to create a healthier, happier world through your ventures. My special guest today is Dawn Jarvis, otherwise known as The Diverse Nurse. She's founder and CEO. She's a diversity and inclusion strategist, international speaker, executive coach, author of her upcoming book, which we'll hear all about today, founder of the Diverse Nurse Network and creator of the wonderful Dawn Jarvis Show podcast. And her work's been featured in a range of media, including the BBC, the Independent, as well as talk radio and a number of nursing journals and nursing times as well. So let's get back to you, Dawn. Welcome, first of all. Look, it's a pleasure to be here. Thank you so much for having me on the show, please. Love you to bits, honestly. And I, as I was saying, you know, of all the good things that Clubhouse has brought, you are probably the best thing that's happened in terms of people that I've met and, and I've stayed in touch with you over the, almost a year now. I can't believe I, yeah, it's amazing. so yeah. time flies, right? Let's jump right in. Let's, let me ask you specifically what tip, uh, what would you like this, the, the entrepreneur or the person out there who's thinking about health entrepreneurship but rather than going the startup route, but doing it as a solopreneur? I think, first of all, um, I'd like to say that it's not what you think it's going to be. I think um, I've, I've, uh, before having this business, um, I had a couple of side hustles, but they were, you know, I had quite a busy job in the National Health Service. So it was never a full-time gig and um, quite light touch. Um, and you have this sort of imagination of what being a, a full-time entrepreneur is going to be like and it's not it's not like that so I think the what I firstly say is that the reality is very different than the than the dream of it if you like and, and I did have a dream of sort of having my own of my own business and I think that it um if I knew what I if I could talk to my talk to myself like 15 16 months ago I would say um you need to you need to be really clear about what you actually want to do so I I, I started a consultancy and I thought I'll start a consultancy it'll be fine and um but there's a lot there's a lot to it and a, a, a lot about what what you're actually offering and and you have to do a lot of work on yourself about you know what your skills are and and how you can transfer that into 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 a business what are the opportunities for solopreneurship in the health sector what can you do i think that you know and i'm just, just talking about the uk scene at the minute but there's opportunities internationally as well there are a myriad of opportunities um in the, in the health service it's it's so massive it employs you know 1.3 million people and um and so there are myriad opportunities not only from actually healthcare delivery but the things that are needed to support healthcare delivery like my my focus is around organizations organizational culture the diversity and inclusion within 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 that culture um 
I have a background in commissioning health services as well. So that's my interest and, and how I chose to utilize my skills to sort of help people in the in the NHS. But I and through that, actually, and through sort of like the last 15 months, I've learned that there are a lot of people who are currently or could um, work in the health and wellbeing field who have um, who have services that will, would help um, to facilitate the services of the, of, of the National Health Service. And for instance, is that, you know, I know from my work in the NHS is that um, in primary care, and um, what we call primary care, that the work of um, general practitioners, GPs, that, you know, a lot of that work is keeping people away <laughs> from primary care and to get them the help they need that doesn't have to be delivered by a qualified or clinical health professional. And there's work that can be done with communities, there's other works. And I think there's a lot of opportunity for people who do stuff to support people with their health and wellbeing. And I mean health in the widest sense, in the public health sense, um, to do that. So, you know, I have met a lot of people who have businesses that would help with that and I think and one of my missions actually going forward is sort of like how can I support those people to actually um, take part in those opportunities. So I'm just going to take a step back then. So as you know, whenever we start a venture, it's all about what's the problem that we want to you know, solve. So what are the specific problems that you're focusing on, Dawn? So I focus on um, how organisations meet their objectives, actually, of their, of their mission, you know, what their values and what they want to do. So in the NHS, everyone's, everyone's got, you know, their goals that they, and their objectives, and, and that sort of, um, that trickles down um, throughout the organisation, and those can be related to, the, actually, for the organisation, or that it could be for the population that they're serving. And I focus on um, how you can actually transform those you know that strategy if you like into actual reality um i used to work for an over overarching organization I used to go into organize and sort and look at those goals that they had for the nhs that had been sort of like set down from the top and um the nhs and a lot of organizations are really good at writing strategy documents and action plans and what I want to do is actually make those action plans sort of into deliver deliverables and that actually that you can actually demonstrate and people can see and, that, and that's not what I do and um, one of my focuses is around diversity and inclusion and I mean that in the widest sense so you know the NHS has some goals around that and um and around workforce and around the patients they see so I you know that's one of my focuses around that but and what I've, what I've learned is that actually that that links to the organization's culture and how they actually make that a reality so that's what I focus on. Mm, interesting so so you, it's all so if I understand correctly it's about diversity specifically and how that can uh, help organizations whether it's the National Health Service or any other kind of setting so and actually, we're going to be talking about diversity, where, you know, with you on a, on the panel as well for the for the summit coming up. And that's interesting for me. It's about diversity as a founder coming from all sorts of backgrounds to to get into entrepreneurship. 
but there's also diversity in the kind of work that we can do. I mean, obviously, at the top of this episode, we're talking about rather than a startup or any other kind of work, it's the solopreneur approach. So can I ask you how there might be a personal answer and a professional answer to this, but feel free to share as you wish. But how did you decide on going down the solopreneur route as opposed to any other way of tackling these problems? I think I, I think instinctively and strategically, um, I had to consider what I could do. And I have never had a business before. So there were some thoughts about, you know, should I do this? as a business should I you know and then the, and, and what does that involve um working for the NHS you're quite protected <laughs> around the, the sort of um the, the sort of business side of it and the, and the finance side of it and so uh, but that also means that you 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 have a different experience um of 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 those things and then um I wanted because of personal experiences to, and um to focus on diversity and inclusion and equity um, and then then thinking about what's the best way I I can do that now a lot of people who um, leave a big uh, corporate job or otherwise um, go into consultancy um, and you can do that with organizations but um, looking at my own personal circumstances um, I didn't so people who do that might be a bit younger than me and might have different experiences than me and I and I thought the the best way for me was to do that um to utilize the experiences that I had and um you mentioned earlier and knowing the problems that the NHS as a big corporate organization or bureaucracy has and other organizations have around actually demonstrating you know how they've met their goals and objectives and um, I used to work with organizations around you know how they were how they prepared for their um, care quality commission um, inspections that what we call the CQC and you know sort of know the, the hoops that people go through to do that and also knew and knew what they what their CQC expected and my job was to help you know executives to sort of prepare for these things and also to demonstrate they were well functioning as a as a leadership team so I decided to focus on supporting that leadership team now my heart wanted to work with um um, nurses that look like me to get um, to get into leadership positions um, in the NHS and I did try that at the beginning um, but there was a thing around is there a, a you know a viable business doing that and um, and unfortunately that they there wasn't so I made a decision that the best way for me to utilize my skills was working with the leaders of those organizations to create change in that way. How are you actually helping? Uh, what, are, what are the kind of ways that you help your clients let's talk about these executives these leaders already in the health organization what are the kinds of things that you offer I know you've, you've talked about your book feel free to share about what your book is the network the podcast how do these things tackle these problems okay so um so what I do is um is I 
and it's usually as a and, and I, I've thought about this actually reflected on this very recently I get called into organizations when there is a problem mm. right so if there's a problem so one organization I work with them because there were some issues around COVID-19 and um, people coming back to work who've been who'd been working at home or how an organization was adapting with um, particular problems with the with part of um, a, a cohort in their organization so it was their their black staff who were more at risk of, of COVID-19 and how they were coping with actually working back in the in the both clinical and sort of like an office environment and there was some you know there was some discord I guess and then you know it was how how are we going to manage that and I sort of played a couple of roles actually I played in a sort of advisor role to to senior leaders but also um, a sort of coaching role to the um the black staff, nef- staff, staff network and then also a supportive role for people who are coming back into work having been away for some time and maybe having some vulnerabilities around that so so but the initial thing is to is there's, there's a problem and you know and it's either a problem with staff or it's a reputational problem or it's a it's an objective that the organization has to meet and they don't know how to uh, they don't have how to meet it and interestingly um it's usually because of feedback they've got either from staff or from patients or from or from customers um around you know how the organization is perceived and so and that and that's been really really interesting to me so there's all there's almost always some grit that makes people want to do something and that grit could be um we've been told we've got to have you know a a diverse number of people on our board um or we've been told that we're not meeting our standards from the charity commission you know what can we do about it but there's always there is always a problem and i think and going back to an early question i think before i knew this when you're working in the nhs or or you haven't got a business you don't realize that the, that businesses are about solving problems for people exactly i think yeah 100 percent. so one of the i mean the title of your book is is all about nurturing your network and i'm going to ask you what you mean by that and what kind of what's what's the main message if, if you like from your book which is coming out in early 2022 um so talk me through the book and why is it that network matters, I guess? So the reason I wrote the book, I, I've also, uh, writing a book has been on my bucket list. I've been, I've been a blogger. I like, I like writing. And on my bucket list was um, to, to write a book. And, you know, so when you go through Solopreneur 101, <laughs> one of the things you can do is um, write, uh, write a book. Uh, but I didn't really know what I was going to write it about. And, um, and then, um, so the genesis of the book was that people, um, you know, I, I, when I say I was lucky, I started my business and got and got work within about three or four months, which is good to do that. I gave myself six months to make it right, to see whether it was viable or not, or whether I needed to go back to work. And, um, and then people kept asking me, how do you get your business? And I was, think, and I was thinking, how do I get my business? And then I realised um, that part of the way that I got my business was through networking. And um, but I wouldn't have said that before I actually thought about it. So so the premise is of the book is that networking can help you in your life, your career or your business. 
However, it doesn't have to be what people traditionally see as networking. I always say that I didn't know. So there are networking organisations. And before I started writing this book, I had no idea that they existed. So that I didn't know that you could have a networking business, you know, that, you know, and there's lots of them. Um, but um, people like me don't don't even think about going to a networking breakfast or you know being part of a club or something like that that's not how they consider it so my premise is that we do networking in everyday life I I am an extrovert you know I get my energy from people and you know I you know quite forward I suppose but you don't have to be it's about making relationships with people and it's it's about making relationships with people with not with an expectation of it getting anything back it's because you're interested and my experience has been and it is has definitely been the bedrock of my business is when you make those relationships something will come out of it and uh, whether that is an opportunity and it's sort of there's some reflections in that you know when I became a program director for children's commissioning it was because of a relationship I'd made about a year and a half before you know and then an opportunity came up and somebody phoning goes oh there's a job going do you want to apply for it and I did and I got and I and I got the job now so there's a bit of disconnect actually with sort of like diversity inclusion and equity because it's that old you know I'm from the, the Midlands in the in the UK and it's a bit that they'll say it's not who you know it's not what you know it's who you know which is true and you know all these things need to be done in an equal way but you know you can help yourself by making relationships and then people will think of you when their opportunities come up and that has worked for me so much in my yeah. life and in my career and in my business now love it and it's absolutely and and that's definitely happened for me a couple of times when i've thought of you for various things and yes it is what they say you know net worth your network is your net worth right mm -hmm. and um and i know not everyone likes uh um people like grant cardone do you know who i mean by grant yes, cardone? I do. <laughs> so not everyone is a big fan but there's one thing that i was watching i think it was on netflix or amazon prime you know this um tv show where they lose it all as, as successful entrepreneurs and they get yeah. dumped into right and i yeah. think that that's that was his main message is like I'd rather, rather than give me a million dollars, I'd rather have a million people. Um, he calls them followers. But what he did when he went right back to zero where no one knew him is essentially build a network of people because that's what is really valuable. And it's the same thing. You're doing it. And I want to ask you about uh, your network in a second. But with the Entrepreneur's Doctor, this is it. It's the people that I've met over the last year, especially on the podcast and various other kinds of ways of working, the spin-offs from there have been so much more valuable than anything that I have to offer directly. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's just, so you, you're absolutely right. So tell me, what is the Diverse Nurse Network all about? So the Diverse Nurse Network um, is, a, it's, it's based on uh, what I do in, do in my work in that um, one of the uh, many courses that I've been on in the last year, um, they said uh, one in, um, um, they said write down a hundred people that you that you want to that you that you want to you want to meet even if it's not even if it's not feasible mm -hmm. no write down write down a hundred so immediately I wrote Oprah and you know I don't know maybe and me 
Yes. Oh, you on the list. <laughs> because, Oprah and B, yeah, go on. Yes, so it's like, um, so it's not that, but in that, and I say this in the book, actually, um, and, I, and I say this when I coach people on their careers, actually, I said, make a list of all the people you've worked for. Yeah. You know, and if you're younger, all the people that you went to school with, that you were your teachers or that, that you've worked for, whether you're in touch with them or not. But sort of if you are in touch with them, put that there, put, put it beside them and sort of like, you know, all the people have been influential in your in your life you know because and then think about what you want to do and think about you know potentially their connection their connection to that and that when you're even having those thoughts then you think about um you think about oh you know I know um Dr Bruce and you know and he knows so and so and you know um and I'll I'll give you that and I do say this um in the and you know it's, it's well known I got my first job because I made such a list as a business and um I remembered a mentor that I'd had about 13 years previously um she when I started the business and she commented on one of my LinkedIn posts I then contacted her um uh and said oh could I have a meeting with you and um and from that meeting she introduced me to a few people and I got my first paid gig in my business that is exactly what happened I've always wanted to have my own business and I've got my own business. I've always wanted to have a podcast and I've got um, a podcast. I believe that you can do anything you want to do it's in your power and I think we all have a special unique set of skills that are useful to other people and and that you can do whatever you want to do with support um, and um, you can pay for that support or you can get that in within your family or your networks what I want to leave people with around you know I have done what I've wanted to do and I've used the power of my networks to do that one of the things I would say is never leave a hand unshaken you know be interested in people and what they do and what they offer and remember you know and I, I literally have a list of people that um have interacted with me and I don't forget I forget nothing you know around around that and you know when I meet people I think oh god they're really good at this I must remember this in case anything comes up that that would be really useful and I think that if you give in a spirit of positive intent it will come back to you sevenfold and that and that has been my, been my experience so the things that I do around the podcast and even the book they're not necessarily profitable in the traditional business sense but the people I've met and everything have been so I can't tell you the wealth of experience and that, that, and that has actually manifested into you know into pounds um that that, ha that has brought me and I wish there was I'm not a very no financial person but I wish there was a way of measuring of measuring that you know the network and sort of like how things are so you know even you now how we met we met on club oh, we met on clubhouse and you know people said to me oh don't do clubhouse isn't it? it's a waste of time you should only be doing stuff that actually shows you a profit um but I met you on clubhouse and several other people and I have got work from the people I've met 
on, on Clubhouse. So it wasn't a waste of time. And sort of making those relationships is never a waste of time because as you said, you never know. I just want to add something to that, Dawn, which is exactly related to what you just said. So think of any venture, whether it's a solopreneur business or a startup or indeed anyone in the health sector that's got a new service and they want to promote it. You know, often we kind of pivot too soon. You know, we, we create something, we put it out there into the world and we might tweak it and we may get some traction, we may get some pilots or some early adopters, if you like, and then it doesn't go anywhere for a while. And we just wonder, okay, time to pivot. Uh, or maybe the value proposition or maybe the features or something about it wasn't right. But actually what I've learned, and this is coming from courses that I've attended, but also personal experience, um, is that often it's about getting your message out there. You can tweak your message, but the core vision and the core mission is always constant for me um, and if you're persistent and you keep getting out there and sharing your message then you can obviously adapt and mold what you're giving out there to be more along the lines and aligned with what they're looking for but don't pivot too soon uh, it's tricky it's called this like time to value someone was sharing with me earlier yeah. uh, today but really it's it's about persistence and patience which is not always easy when you are a uh, thinking of it from a money and a business perspective or mm -hmm. if you've got investor funding you've only got a certain runway so how do you do that get out and network just get out and promote your message and market and it's never too early to start sharing your message i think um any thoughts on that before i follow up with a few more questions though i think i think i totally i totally agree with you about the about the the pivoting thing and it's a, a um you know, even if it's even so for consultancy, it's I know we're recording this in December 2021. You know, for consultancy, it's a quiet time. Um, people are preparing for Christmas and you have this panic about I haven't got anywhere lined up yet. Um, you know, so you know, and and you think, oh my goodness, you know, should I do something different that's definitely gonna get me some you know, pound pound notes? But um you know, I then also know that, you know, so a connection I can make today may pay off in seven months time because that has also happened to me. And so I said, yeah, I'm really interested in what you're doing. I need to go back to my, you know, they need to go back to my people and, you know, I want this to happen. And you think, oh yeah, 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 yeah. But then seven months later, this lady did come back to me and I got some work from it. And so if, you, if you're clear, and I think this is an important thing about being a solopreneur, if you're clear about what you want to offer, and that can take time, and it did take me time, you know, um, about what you're offering, what your skill set is, and what you're you're giving, whatever anybody throws at you, you can think of a way you can help them. And even if you can't, you know somebody who can, and that is worth something too. Love it, absolutely. So let's now rewind a little bit, because you're obviously a trained nurse, you've, you've been working in the NHS in various roles, but walk us through that. What led you from what you were doing early on to actually want to get into uh, business and, and entrepreneurship? That's really interesting. So, you know, um, my, um, I was born in, I was born in England, I was born in the East Midlands, um, my family is Jamaican, and um, I moved to London to, to be a nurse, and, you know, I, I loved I love nursing. I love I love nursing, and um, um, I had two children, and um, you know, 
um, I was the main breadwinner um, when I was when I was married um, and um, needed to go into management <laughs> really to make the money that I needed so to to maintain my maintain my family and, and then I got divorced and so that the so same money became an issue so that I was sort of propelled into management because of the finances and that shouldn't be the case however um I I sort of moved into change management you know um quality improvement and then into commissioning and saw how organizations worked and the politics of that and um you know uh you know how things are in the sort of like a bit in big organizations and also how things could work and and the relationship you know of value and what what that would work about and, and but and then it made me think about some of the private businesses that are involved in the NHS and sort of like how um how that could be better um with some clinical experience and how that I also did work with working with patients around you know their feedback and you know how to develop and design services so I know how that all works and how the relationships again that you have to make around that and sort of like how you can prove an idea um so I always I I have never wanted to work for a big organization that's primary goal is to make money for money's sake. I, I'm, I'm, I'm now actually now I'm in this world. I'm not actually sure that that is the primary goal. But, you know, there is something around um, that, that a business isn't a business unless it makes money. You know, sort of this capitalist thing, which I know maybe I'm not too sure about. But, you know, there's value, isn't it? I think I prefer to think about it as as as, as value. What value are you? are you added and I know I want to I know I want to do that and to do that and to maintain all this is you know I need I need money so you know that's the premise of the business and maybe that's how I make excuses for it um but so that's that's how I sort of got into it sort of like you know I wanted to be altruistic but I also you know I wanted when I was a commissioner to sort of like because of my own goals and objectives I had to be you know how can you make this most the best value and the best financial value and the best quality value as as you can within the financial envelope and then um, being not in the NHS um, how can you do that for patients and communities because that's my you know I've got sort of a commission around helping um people communities that may have not have all the advantages of others how can they have an equal health care and be supported and to be as healthy and happy as they can be because I know the reasons why it doesn't work so what can we do about that so that's my driver really and you know it is possible for people from those communities and not from those communities to sort of give services to sort of um, make population health a thing and so that's that's where then that sounds really not very joined up but that's sort of the it, it does it really does and and it makes complete sense uh there's personal and there's professional reasons of why we all get to and and your story makes perfect sense i'm sure i resonate with it and many people do i'm sure but i guess um you know this issue about making money so entrepreneurs that's the number one goal, right? You have to make money. Otherwise, what's the point of doing what you do? Um, and I've had this debate with several people because for you and me from the health background, it depends on where in the world you are. But the core reason is, especially with the NHS professionals that you and I have worked with, uh, it is altruism. 
through and through. You don't get into this for the money, otherwise you'd be doing something else. And um, and I think that the key here is is interesting. So two two points here that are related. One word and the so the first one, health health professionals don't always make the best entrepreneurs. Although you and I, we know inside out what the problems are that need solving and we have a sense of what could work well, we don't unless we go and get this extra training, which you and I have been doing, we don't have the business acumen or the training or the skills to, to do that. So that's number one. Um, and then not every solution is a, vi like you said earlier, not every solution or service is a viable business. It might be great for the end goal, but it's not a business. And one, um, you know, the lead of the NHS Clinical Entrepreneur Program, for example, and one of his um, webinars, I remember Tony Young, he mentioned that don't feel bad about thinking about the money when it comes to your business or venture. Uh, whether we like it or not, whether it's in the public sector or the private sector, but let's just take the public sector and the health sector, let's say in the NHS here in the UK, whatever we do, it's a business at the end of the day, not about making profit, but if you're not financially stable and viable, then the NHS services that you're creating or contributing to are going to go down. So you better create solutions that are actually viable. So I don't think you and I need to feel guilty about charging if we are actually adding value. That's the bottom line and solving problems, which I, I love that. You know, that's what we get paid to do. So I would say that one of the yeah. things I've realized is that my expertise and experience is worth money and that it adds to other people's experiences because as I said earlier they're coming to you because they've got a problem and that you have you have the knowledge and experience to make it to give them suggestions of how it can work and, to, and, and that is worth that is worth something I think one of the things I've learned being outside of the NHS is that your time and experience is worth money 100% I'm going to say something a bit maybe it's going to be wrong but i'll say it because just wouldn't you just love this is you and me now talking no one's watching or listening um <laughs> wouldn't you just love to plot a graph where it's the price someone charges for their solopreneur like consulting let's say services versus the value that they bring and yeah. and i sometimes think that it's inversely proportional i think those of us who really care and create value we often feel a bit more reluctant to charge the more expensive figures and then some people you talk to and you just invite them to, to talk, even on a podcast, and they say, yeah, six figures, five figures. Yeah. And you do wonder what, what their core reason is for, for you know, for yeah. doing that issue. I, I do think, and that and that is one of the things, and, you know, um, some of the people that we both, that, we come, that come from a health background and want to get into business, yeah. that's a conversation. I, I think particularly with people from the NHS, and actually I find doctors are better at this than the nurses is that um we're used to because we got paid we're used to get given it for free like you know somebody we would we would have this collaboration and we say so what do you think about this and we'd and we'd problem solve it as part of our job that's normal for us to do and one of the things i've had to learn is yes and i do this through networking i'm happy to help anybody um, but the actual implementation and doing it costs. Of course, money. it has to. And has to. you know, and that, and there's this thing around. You know, I've had it with um, colleagues that I knew when I was working at NHS, and going, "Oh, I want to see this business." I'm like, "Yeah, that's cool." <laughs> you know, I can help you to do that. 
and I, I can do this for you, I can do that for you, but it's going to cost you. And, and we're not used to um, talking in those terms about, you know, one of the things um, when I did my um, obstetric bit of my training, I did it in a private hospital um, and because we were being more, you know, sort of, um, uh, what's the word? We were being more, we were going to different places to get you know, healthcare experience. They, that's when they started that. And um, I did it in, I did it at the Portland. And uh, you, you knew the value of that service that they were providing. So, you know, it was it was clearly laid out and, you know, everything cost. So, you know, that is, you know, a conversation costs, a consultation costs. So, yeah, yeah, I think that is that is a thing. I think working in the NHS that you don't realise. And I think one of the things people could do is like, you know, and we did do it, I think, once is like if you cost out the hours of the people in a sort of like two and a half hour meeting, that is an expensive meeting. So yeah. if you see it like that, you know, and what value are they bringing and what are the outcomes from the meeting, then, you know, that's a, that's a different way of looking at it. And, and, and we do do that in health economics, you know, and, and stuff like that when we're thinking about services. But I think pe you know, people on the ground sometimes in the NHS don't realise the worth, you know, it actually, no, it costs, it costs to sit in an office. So I'm just going to kind of, uh, to wrap up, I'm going to reiterate this point about network. Um, so with two examples, obviously we've talked about, um, you know, the diverse nurse network, and I can't wait to hear more about that actually offline with you. But with um, one of my earlier, two of my earlier guests, actually, um, they're called Hexitime. I don't know if you've heard of this, but it's essentially appreciating the rich, um, you know, skill set, knowledge base, experience within not just the NHS, but now internationally too. And how, as you said just a moment ago, we're used to collaborating without worrying about charging each other for money. Trust me, the organ, I mean, you've been there and commissioning the organizations that are, you know, uh, employing you, they'll make sure that those things are squared off, but you individually. And so this group, uh, one, you know, is, um, is a, I think is a commissioner in London. Uh, and the other one is a physician, a pediatrician. And the way they've worked is essentially create a Skillshare, uh, not a Skillshare, kind of a time bank, if you like, where anyone that's in the health organization here in the UK or now abroad as well, they can exchange time and services without transferring money. But let's say you give your expertise, you'll get something back. And it doesn't have to be from the same person, but someone else. You get credit hours, if you like. And Fantastic someone, idea. It I is a great that. idea, right? Yeah. It's like the old fashioned before money existed. Yeah. Uh, forget crypto, right? You can just yeah. go straight through. If you were going to launch not a solopreneur business now, but any kind of venture, could be a solopreneur, but let's think of a startup. What problems in the health sector would you like to solve? I think the problem that needs to be solved, and this is the problem that I had when I was a commissioner of health services. So I used to commission children and maternity services, is how do you ensure that the services that you're delivering are reaching the people that most need them? And 
what are the net what are the processes that you get to make get the feedback to make sure that you are actually solving the right problems with the services that you're providing and I think there's a massive untapped business in that in that traditionally we deliver the services that we've delivered but that however long we've all been here so you know um you know I, I i took early time from the nhs but you know sort of the people who are in leadership positions have been around for about 35 years and in that 35 years not that much has changed there has been changes obviously in technology and stuff like that but the traditional model is that we deliver services monday to friday between nine and five and and that doesn't suit everybody and that disadvantages quite a lot of people so how can we do that and I think if we found ways to do that we would see imp improvements in outcomes for a lot of things and there and some of the people who have poorer outcomes the reasons some of the reasons are around the way we deliver services.